Hey, everybody, welcome to Transform Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Zeller. If this is your first time here, so excited that you have joined us for an episode. The purpose of this podcast is to distill the process of transformation to make it really easy and tangible and to help you accelerate your own transformations. Why? So that you can live a better life, so that you can have more joy, so that you can manifest everything your heart wants, desires, and needs. Today's episode has a lot in it. It includes three keys to creating a totally new reality that literally anyone can start using now. I talk about perfectionism and why it's total bullshit and some really key tools to ditch it so that it's not standing in your way any longer. I also talk about ways to identify if you need a change in your life or your career, your life's work. Why the phrase this is just the way life is, is wrong. And I talk about my own personal history with totally transforming my career into my life's work in spite of everyone telling me that I was crazy, but I kept believing more was possible and I never settled. So if you are in a place where you are not lit up about your career, or if you are questioning your purpose, or if you feel like something is missing, or if you just want to create a new reality for yourself because you're not super happy with the one that is currently existing, then this episode is for you. And I would listen to it all the way through because there are tools and ways to apply this information throughout the entire thing. Now I have a six-month-long, super supportive, in-depth workshop that I'm now calling Your Life's Work. It was called Career Exploration Manifestation. And I'm going to be enrolling a new group into that workshop. What I've done with this workshop is I have taken what took me about three years, maybe a little bit more, to work through and try to identify what my purpose was, what my reason for being here is, what the work in the world that I came here to do is. And I distilled that down into a six-month accelerator. So this workshop is going to be with other individuals that are super motivated to transform their life and find their life's work and their purpose and their calling, just like you. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, then sign up for a free upcoming training and whoever is on the list will get first access to the applications for this workshop. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you like this episode or any of the previous episodes, would you do me a tremendous favor and take 30 seconds to give me a five-star review. This is really how the information spreads. This is how the podcast spreads. And this is part of my life's work, guys, is to make a podcast like this, to give out free information and tools and ways for everybody to transform. And I want it to spread. It makes me feel good that my work is out there in the world. And your ratings and reviews really help it to scale. So it would mean so much to me 
if you would rate it, review it, you can see a link of how to do that in the show notes. And if you know of anybody that is struggling in their life and they could use this particular episode, then send it to them. Like I like to say, sharing is caring. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram, or you can catch me in the links that you see in the show notes. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Transform. Today, I want to touch on a couple of topics, and they're all going to tie together in the end. But the first topic that I would like to touch on is perfectionism. I have another podcast episode on perfectionism. It's a mindset shift episode. And if you haven't listened to that one, I would suggest that you do so. However, you do not need to have heard it in order to listen to this one now. The aspect of perfectionism that I want to cover is how it trips us up and stops us from exploration. So in order for us to be explorers, in order for us to dive deep into our curiosity, it takes a certain level of playfulness, of curiosity, of an explorative energy. And the biggest, quickest killer of all of those things is perfectionism. Perfectionism is sort of the belief that everything that we do has to be perfect. Here's a question I have for you if you have perfectionist tendencies. Why? Why does everything have to be perfect? And if you take any kind of pride in your perfectionism, then most likely your response is going to be something like, well, I want to be a master at my craft. I believe in excellence. There's a whole bunch of kind of bullshit reasons why people tout their perfectionism as sort of badges of honor. But anybody that is deeply, deeply creative, that has actually created many, many things, will tell you that perfectionism ultimately gets in the way of things. Now think about the way that you feel in your body when you have a perfectionist compulsion, when you feel a sense of urgency or anxiety to make something perfect before you deliver it. It can present in your body as resistance, as like a tension or a block. It can present as anxiety. It's a strong bodily sensation and it's strong because perfectionism is deeply, deeply tied to your nervous system. See, whenever somebody has perfectionism rise up within them, it immediately shifts their nervous system into the sympathetic state, into sort of a fight or flight state. And what happens subconsciously that you're not aware of is that something is indicating to you through your body's physiology that this has to be perfect, otherwise you won't be safe. Now, when we think about safety, we often think of physical safety, right? Like we don't want to be attacked by a tiger or hit by a car. But safety is also about being accepted, being valued, being loved, staying in the tribe, 
for the sake of survival. And this is deeply, deeply rooted in our genes and our physiology and our brain and our body. So when you have a perfectionistic tendency, what's actually happening is your nervous system has shifted into a sympathetic state, into a fight or flight state. And then what happens is we start to interpret that bodily state. We feel a sense of tension or anxiety, a contraction, if you will. And then our mind will automatically start trying to define why we feel this way. And our mind will come up with all sorts of reasons why this thing has to be perfect. And it creates fear and tension and anxiety. In order to then appease this bodily sensation, we think that we have to make it perfect. We think, okay, if I make this perfect, then I will feel better. I will feel more at ease. I won't have this terrible feeling in my body. Now, sometimes perfectionism can be so strong that it actually can shut us down. And that's when the sense of perfectionism has been is so deeply triggering that it actually shifts our nervous system even more from the fight or flight state into the shutdown state. And this is when we feel like a lot of resistance or lethargy, or we have difficulty finding motivation or inspiration to move, to do the thing, to get the thing out, whatever the thing is that we're trying to do. So I want to make a suggestion if you have perfectionistic tendencies. Instead of next time listening to all the reasons that your subconscious mind is feeding you about why it's so important for you to be perfect at what you're doing, consider bypassing them and just noticing the way that your body is feeling because I guarantee you, you're either going to have this shutdown feeling like all of a sudden something is blocking you or you're going to be in a fight or flight state. Now, what can we do in that state? Well, my workshop transform has over 25 tools of kind of how to get out of this state and what to do, but I'm going to give you guys a couple little examples of some today. One really great tool is to go on a walk. What happens when we go on a walk is our eyes move a little bit side to side. I believe this is called slip eye movements. Yes, slip compensating eye movements. So when you walk forward, your eyes are slightly moving from side to side, and these are called slip compensating eye movements. And what happens is that it actually, this movement of your eyes as you are walking forward actually shuts down the amygdala. And the amygdala is what is making you afraid. It's really what is driving part of that fight or flight and part of the stories that are accompanying that state. So if you can quiet the amygdala, even for five or 10 minutes, you will be really surprised by how much better you feel. Sometimes when I'm working on a really big presentation, like for instance, I build presentations for all of my online courses, a ton of videos for my online courses, but I also speak on a lot of stages. And when I'm creating a presentation so that I can speak on a stage, when I come up against a block or I need some creative inspiration, I oftentimes will just go on a walk. And this amazing thing happens when I'm on a walk. I will be walking and all of a sudden I'll just have these ideas downloading into my brain. Now, what is so magical about this? Why is that happening? It's because my amygdala, my fears, my thinking, my nervous system is getting out of the way 
And now the ideas have a clearer channel to flow in. Or I have, if you want to think of it in a physiological way, I have better access to different parts of my brain when my nervous system isn't in a sympathetic state and when my amygdala isn't turned on. So walking is a tremendously powerful way to decrease the noise and to get clarity and to get burst of ideas and inspiration. So going on like a 20 minute walk when you're feeling the sense of perfectionism is spectacular. Another thing that you can do is you can do something just fun and creative that this perfectionistic tendency won't interfere with. Have fun. Be a child. I mean, literally go play with sand or blocks like you would as a child. If you can activate the right hemisphere of your brain, get really playful, that can start to shift you out of the perfectionism. What you're trying to do here is dislodge the, the narrative, the story, that this thing has to be perfect in order for you to be okay. Because that's not true. That never is the case. Since when are we as humans meant to get everything 100% perfect the first time through? Since when is that the expectation? If you had that expectation growing up of you by parents, peers, coaches, caretakers, teachers, whomever, that is flawed thinking. No one should have ever expected that of you. And now as an adult, you get to choose because now as an adult, you set your own expectations of you. So right now as an adult, you get to choose. What would I want for a small child of my own? Or what would I want for my best friend? Would I want them to think that they had to do everything 100% perfect the first time, the second time, even the third time? Or would I want them to feel comfortable and able to create without the paralyzing fear of perfectionism? Whatever you would do for them, do for you. So going on walks or having playtime are two tremendous ways to start to shift your nervous system up the nervous system scale into a more restful, connected, playful state and out of the shutdown or the hypervigilant sympathetic state. And this will make it easier for you to create and not get in your own way. Now, the second thing that I want to talk about is joy. What brings you joy? A lot of us humans get joy from creating, from being useful, from adding value to other people's lives. Joy can come from something amazing happening, from doing something really fun, but it can also come from providing something to someone that is in need, from being of service to someone. Being of service to someone that is in need can be one of the most deeply enriching, fulfilling, joyful experiences that people can have. And so What I want to ask you today is in your line of work, in what you're doing as a job, or maybe even as a hobby or as a side hustle or whatever it may be, in any way that you are working, are you receiving back joy from the work that you're doing? When you are providing the service that you provide for others, is your heart 
expanding? Do you feel like it is deeply enriching? Is it filling you in some way? Even if you are not dealing directly with another person, but you're just doing something like maybe you work in a factory or something similar, does it fill you? Does your work in general fill you with joy because you know that you are providing a service? Are you deeply fulfilled by the work that you are doing? A few things that can really get in the way of this sense of deep fulfillment. One is if your work is draining. If the work that you're doing in the world is draining you for whatever reason, it is almost impossible to receive a deep sense of joy and fulfillment by something that is also draining you. It's very, very difficult. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I remember when I was working as a prosthodontist and many days I would be very drained, but then every now and then I would have a a day where I provided, you know, I transformed this patient's smile and life and I would have kind of a deeply fulfilling moment. But interestingly, it was, it felt really transient to me then. And that's sort of the issue when our jobs or the work that we're doing is draining is those Moments of deep fulfillment, enrichment, and joy seem so few and far between that it's not enough to offset the draining sensation that we're experiencing. So if the work is draining you, it's really hard to find a deep sense of joy and fulfillment. If the work is frustrating you, if the work is really not aligned for you. Now, what do I mean by aligned? Well, there's different forms or zones of work that we can do. We may do work in what's called our zone of incompetence. Zone of incompetence is anything that we're doing that we're actually not very competent in. When we're doing that task, we're operating in our zone of incompetence. So if I'm doing something, but I'm a beginner and I'm really bad at it, then that's going to be an activity that I'm doing in my zone of incompetence. Then we have the zone of competence, which is Activities that we do that we're competent in, but that we don't really enjoy doing. Then we have our zone of excellence, which are activities that we do that we're very, very good at and we could make a living at and be comfortable doing. And this is where most people live is in their zone of excellence. But then we have our zone of genius and our zone of genius is the zone that we are exceptionally gifted at doing that thing. And when we do this thing, this activity, this mode of work, whatever it may be, it doesn't even feel like work to us because it comes so easily to us. We enjoy it. We get into flow states all the time. It brings us a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment, I would say pretty much daily. So thinking about those zones, where's the majority of work that you do in the world, which zone does that fall in? Incompetence, competence, excellence, or genius. Now, most people get stuck in the zone of excellence. Usually what happens in the zone of excellence is you're very good at something. And so you've gotten used to this positive feedback that's coming at you. And that validation does feel good. It does bring you brief moments of joy and fulfillment. But at the same time, there's this underlying nagging sensation that things aren't as good as you thought they would be just like not quite there. It didn't quite hit the mark. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Have you experienced that? Do you feel that at all in your body? Are you to a point in the work that you thought you would feel differently at this point? You thought you would have so much joy, tremendous fulfillment and satisfaction, but it's like something's missing. Because if that is at all resonating with you, then you are most likely not in your zone of genius. You're in your zone of excellence. Here's the good news. All you have to do is identify what activities are in your zone of genius and shift into them. Now I say all you have to do, this actually can, for some, be a longer, more strenuous process. But the point is, is that there is a way out of this. Because what happens is once you shift into your zone of genius, there is a reciprocating energy that lives there. The more you put out the more deeply fulfilling everything feels and the more joy that you take in. Here's the catch and the key. In order for people to be in their zone of genius, they have to be aligned with their authenticity. And most people are scared to take that leap. Why? Because it's fucking scary. (laughs) Usually what people... Usually what's in people's zone of genius is a sort of gift or something that they're really good at, that they're a natural at, but that would be really scary to show the whole world for fear of rejection. Because it's one thing if we're sort of rejected because of things that we're showing to the world that we're not actually that deeply passionate about, but it's a whole other game if we're feeling a lot of passion and we're showing parts of ourselves that are deeply true and vulnerable and we get rejected then, right? That's more scary. And so what we do, most of us, is we hold back on those things that are in our zone of genius. We hold back our sort of quirks, our weird, because we don't want to be subject to rejection. We've all been rejected before and it doesn't feel good. So going back to joy, we're going to feel joy in the work that we do the most when we're in our zone of genius, being ourselves authentically in the world, providing a service by doing the things that essentially we were born to do, the things that come easy to us naturally, and the things that we get lost in because we're having so much fun doing those things. You know someone is in their zone of genius when the work that they're doing doesn't even feel like work to them. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my story. I went to school for 11 years, four years of undergrad, four years of dental school, three years of pros. In between dental school and residency, I practiced general dentistry for four to five years, and then I became a specialist got a master's on top of my doctorate. And then I started lecturing internationally, teaching general dentist, published several articles, did a lot of different things. Now, aspects of what I was doing was in my zone of genius. Like, I love speaking, I love educating. But interestingly, the topic of what I was educating on, which was complex cases in dentistry and technology and dentistry, 
was in my zone of excellence, not in my zone of genius. So what I did was I tried all of these different ways to make what I was doing in my zone of excellence more interesting. I started speaking more. I made online courses. I started a podcast in dentistry. I tried literally everything that I could think of. And for a time, these things had some novelty to them. So the novelty of them was interesting for the first few months that I would try them, and then it would quickly wear off and I would be back to dissatisfaction. Finally, I thought something is missing. Now, when I thought something is missing, I went and I talked to some people And the sort of feedback that I got was, that's just life. That's the way life is. You got to make the most of it. You're so lucky to be the career that you're in. You're so successful. You are highly regarded. You've done so many amazing things. You've worked so hard. You've spent so much money. I spent half a million dollars, by the way, to get to where I was. So much time, 15 years. And it was intertwined completely with my identity. And everybody told me, you're lucky, you got to stay where you are, you just got to make it work. Why don't you practice gratitude? (laughs) Practicing gratitude is great. But I'll tell you what it's not great for is masking the real problem. If you are just practicing gratitude, so that you can keep pretending that life is okay for you, give it up, people. It's a waste of your fucking time, and it's only prolonging your suffering. Garen fucking to you. So, you guys, I'm a believer. Like, I'm a believer that life should be fucking amazing. I'm not a believer in this story of life is hard. That's just the way life is. You know, we're victims of our reality. I'm not a believer in that story. I'm a believer that I can create my own reality. And so... I figured if I don't, if I don't know the way, I think it's just because right now I don't have the tools. Right now I don't have the map for the destination, which I'm going towards, but I'm going to figure it out. And so that's what I did. Left my job, started reading hundreds of books, worked with a lot of different practitioners, took different workshops, tried a lot of different things, a lot of different things over three years. And it was grueling and difficult along the way. But the whole time I was hopeful, you know why? Because I wasn't settling. I believed there was something better out there waiting for me. It was calling to me, it was calling my name, and I just had to find the way. And that's what I did. Slowly over time, things started to percolate. I started to see, I started to identify what are the gifts and strengths of my personality? What is in my zone of genius? What do I absolutely love doing? Where is there a need in the world for the work that I love doing? How do my past experiences and my skill sets lend themselves to the work that I want to be doing? And how can I bundle it all together in a package and create something that will bring me great joy to be doing. And I found that thing. Everybody in the world can feel this. Everybody in the world can have this deep sense of fulfillment and joy with the work that they're doing. Now, I understand that there's people that don't come from a position of privilege, that have a lot of incredible obstacles in front of them that would make it much more difficult than it would for many. But in general, if you're listening to this podcast, I believe that there is an opportunity, there is a way. 
for you to feel that deep, deep, deep sense of joy and fulfillment daily. Now, does that mean that there's going to not going to be obstacles? No. But the difference is when you are doing work that you love in the world, and it's filling you with a deep sense of joy, and satisfaction, when the obstacles arise, you meet them. You meet them with open arms, you keep going, there is a passion and a fervor behind what you're doing. Because it's aligned for you. It feels good to be doing it. It feels good to overcome the obstacles. It's not draining in the same way that it is for you when you're in one of the other three zones. And this is the magic of zone of genius. When you're in your zone of genius, that is a direct line to deep satisfaction and joy. Coming back to perfectionism, perfectionism is something that will get in the way of you both finding your zone of genius and staying in your zone of genius. So using tools and techniques to bypass perfectionism and keep going will help your joy keep expanding. And the last thing that I want to touch on is creativity, but not in the sense of creativity as you might think. What I want to touch on is the idea of creativity with your thinking. When we grow up, especially in the West, with really structured, strategic schooling, where we are required to learn A, B, C, D, we are tested about things, and our schooling system doesn't play to our strengths, but instead points out our weaknesses and suggest that we pay more attention to them, we get into this looped, warped thinking that what we're supposed to do in life is to get better at the things that we're bad at, be straight A students, make mom, dad, teacher, coach proud, and be successful from the world standards meaning have a lot of things, make money, be highly regarded, esteemed, whatever it may be. Now, I'm a huge fan of money. So I'm not at all saying, hey, if you want to make money, you have incorrect thinking. What I'm saying is, is that the only thing? Is that one of the only things that you're aiming to achieve? Because we grew up in the schooling systems and the way that we were taught and inundated and programmed to think, many of us lack deep creativity in our thinking. Meaning, and this isn't just, by the way, our schooling systems, it's also the way our brains sort of work. Our brains are like programs and we future project, we guess what the future will hold based on past events. So we're just like referencing machines. We're like, okay, today I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive to work. And I expect that I will get to work within 15 minutes because that's what's happened for the last seven to 10 days. And it's probably going to keep repeating. So we take past experiences, we reference them, and then we use them to predict the future. Here's the interesting thing. Have you ever heard this phrase, you don't know what you don't know? The reason you don't know what you don't know is because your brain is just operating on past references all the time. Which means if there is another experience waiting for you, 
that's possible for you. You will not even see it, pursue it, or expect it to happen because you don't have a past reference to reference it. Applying this into a real world example, one that I love to use all the time, is the belief that making money is hard and it can't be easy. If you grow up being taught that making money is hard and, it, and making money takes really hard work and that's pretty much the only way to make money, you're going to just continue to work really hard to make money. It will not even occur to you to look for alternative ways because you are very certain that your way is the only way. These are also called cognitive biases. If you look at behavioral economics. The trick is that we are stuck in our frame of thinking, our perspective, our belief system, our programming, and we are certain that that is the only way, when in actuality, there are easy ways to make money. So creativity is first and foremost about saying, how can I think outside the box, not just about something I'm creating, but about everything. What about my situation right now? Am I not seeing? What is a possible alternative narrative for my reality? Here's a really great exercise for you. Right now, in your mind, picture your life as a movie. You are the leading actor, actress in the movie. And just picture your life as a movie up until this point. Now, if you were to continue with the same script that you have been acting out all the way up until this point, how do you think the movie would continue to play out? Probably pretty much the same, right? But right this moment, here and now, I come in to your movie in your mind, and I take your script away from you, and I hand you a brand new script, and I say to you, you're going to play a different role in this movie now. And you look down at the script and it's completely different. Maybe you win the lottery. Maybe you move to another country. Maybe you start running marathons. Maybe you get married. Maybe you lose a loved one. I don't know. But there's a lot of twists and turns and your character changes drastically. Suddenly. The movie is different because you have a different script. You have different programming. Now you can do that exact same thing right now in your mind. This is what I teach with manifestation. A big key of manifesting a new reality is first ideating the new reality with creative thinking. Think about the reality that you think would make you really, really, really happy. Who are you in that reality? Who is the version of you that you want to be? What does that version of you look like? What is that version of you doing? And then how do you need to change your current script, your current reality to become that person? This is how you start to become the creator of your own reality. Creator with creative thinking. This is also why... 
digging into your beliefs, into your past programming, into challenging your own thinking is so critically important if you want to change literally anything. The bigger the change that you want to make to your reality, the more important it is to look at your own thinking and to start to break it open just to say, okay, what am I missing? Open to the idea that you might be missing something, that you don't know everything. I don't know everything. No one knows everything. I am constantly asking myself, what am I missing? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? How can I change my thinking? The more that I change my thinking, the more my reality external to me starts changing. Creativity is the key to building everything. Guess what gets in the way of creativity? Obviously, perfectionism. But also, just thinking that you know everything. (laughs) We all know those people, right, that are like so sure of themselves, that are so certain of the way that they think reality is supposed to be, that reality is. They have a hard time like putting themselves in other people's shoes. They have a hard time thinking about things differently. Yeah? We don't want to be those people, do we? If you're one of those people, you know... You're going to be happier by considering alternative ways of thinking. Certainly. So ditching perfectionism, deepening your joy, especially with the work that you're doing, and unlocking creativity. These are the three keys to creating a new reality, especially with the work you're doing. I would almost say you can't do it without those three keys. If you don't calm down your nervous system and let go of perfectionism, identify things that bring you deep, deep joy and fulfillment and your zone of genius, and open up to new possibilities with creative thinking, you're not going to get to a new reality. You're not going to create the work, the job, the career of your dreams without doing those three things. So what can you take away from this? How can you apply these learnings? The next time perfectionism comes up for you, can you go on a long walk or can you play? Can you have fun? Can you take a couple days off and just be playful like a little kid again? Can you start to identify what it is that really lights you up, what brings you joy? And tease it out a little bit. Start brainstorming about how you could apply this to the work you're doing or change up the work you're doing so that you can be more lit up and enjoy your life daily. And how can you start to question your own thinking to break free from your mental prison, to create your own reality? Now, if you want to go deeper, look in the show notes and sign up for my free training, and I will take you there. For everybody moving forward that has listened to this episode, I challenge you to take action based on these learnings, and then connect with me and tell me how it went. I would love, love, love to hear from you. You guys, this is, this is one of the things I'm most passionate about, because I was told, just like probably all of you, that this is just the way life is. And it's not. I promise you, I have 
360 degrees transformed my reality. Or would it be 180? One of the two, right? <laughs> totally different reality. I knew that it was true. I knew that it was possible. And I am here today to tell you that it's true and possible for you too, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, so deeply grateful for you. If you feel like this episode could benefit somebody that you know, somebody that feels stuck, send it to them. I appreciate your sharing and your reviews and your listening and your time. And until we meet again, be well, my friends.